Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Hello everyone and welcome once again to our online church platform. Always a blessing to be together and uh, today we have a wonderful opportunity to share once again the Word of God uh, through this medium. I'm so encouraged by uh, the people that have been coming into our service. We are taking all the precautions, etc. But, you know, just really having an exciting experience there as well. We have just completed our cluster weekend, which was our leadership conference, so to speak, with all our leaders all the way from the different churches throughout the country. And we've also had by Zoom our team and leaders from Zambia as well. And we've had the guys from Swakop and Ochivarongo and as well as the guys from um, Okahanya. It's just been a fantastic time, God imparting into our lives concerning the importance of relationships by the Holy Spirit. And uh, we are so expectant about what God is going to do in the next couple of months and years because of the impartation that we've had over this past weekend. Uh, Today is a special service that we're having. It's going to be a service on uh, leadership anointings. We are going to specifically set in new leaders as well as certain leaders that are transitioning in light of the season that they are in as well. And so we wanted to make sure that uh, online you could also participate, but we are uh, specifically going to do the anointings in the, in the, in the live service as well. Uh, Next week, we will continue with our series on the atonement, speaking about eternal forgiveness. Uh, Today, we're going to speak a little bit about church leadership in light of uh, the special service that we're having today. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we can uh, get on with the word. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are the one that is leading your church. You are the one that sets leaders in place. You are the one that calls leaders into different callings. And today, Father, by your Holy Spirit, we believe that something supernatural is happening, Lord God, in our church, in our congregations, in our midst, Lord God, as we're busy recognizing, Father God, the changes and the transitions in leaders. And I thank you, Lord, that your blessing will continue and permeate throughout this time. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So my message today is basically to highlight a couple of elements uh, pertaining to leadership and how leadership works in our church. And then I'll speak a little bit about the specific leaders that we're we're laying hands on and that are also transitioning. And then at the end, I'll I'll deal with a a segment that we do during our spiritual family um, training where people get to know a little bit more about our Every Nation family. Uh, But today I'm speaking about godly spiritual leadership. You know, leadership is something in the world that is uh, studied so extensively. It is recognized as, uh, so to speak, the, the thing upon which everything rises and falls. And so many times, the reason why things are working or not working really comes down to leadership. And God is a leader in light of the fact that he sets vision and he also organizes everything behind the vision that he sets. There's a quotation by John C. Maxwell, the leadership guru, and he says, A leader is one who knows the way, who goes the way, and shows the way. And uh, as we speak about leadership today, there are certain character traits which are essential for leaders, especially in our context as a church. I'm reading here from John chapter 12, verse 23 through to 25. It says, Jesus answered them, the time has come 
for the Son of Man to be glorified and exalted. Verse 24, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just one grain. It never becomes more, but lives by itself alone. But if it dies, it produces many others and yields a rich harvest. Verse 25, anyone who loves his life loses it. But anyone who hates his life in this world will keep it to life eternal. And it says that whoever has no love for or concern for, no regard for his life here on earth, but despises it and preserves, it preserves his life forever and ever. So Jesus speaking about the sacrificial life, essentially him being the forerunner, setting the example of what it is to lay your life down and uh, explaining the, pri- the principle that when you lay your life down for the things of the kingdom of God, it always results in a multiplication effect. And this is so essential for us to understand. Matthew chapter 20 verse 28 says, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So also those who are leaders in the church should be those who are not there to be served, but are there to serve and give their lives for the lives of many people. And there are three principles that I just want to highlight to us right now concerning leadership. You might be a leader in the church or even elsewhere, but what is fundamental to your leadership is firstly that you must show up. Leaders show up. When there are things happening that pertain to the area where you're leading, you can't be a leader if you're not there, if you're not available. So firstly, leaders show up. Number two, leaders come with no expectations of reward. These are servant leaders. They come not because of what they can gain, but because of what they can give. And number three, it says, give yourself and not only your work. So many times people come, they give their service, but you can see their heart is not really in it. But God calls us not only to serve in the way that the world serves in terms of doing what needs to be done, but God calls us also to give our hearts first, especially as we are serving in the house of the Lord, as we are serving in the kingdom of God. I'm I'm taken now to John chapter 13. I'm not going to read it, but I'm just highlighting here. This is the account where Jesus, on the night that he is betrayed, he washes his disciples' feet. And what he says is, I'm doing this for you, me being the teacher, I'm doing this for you, so in the same way, do this for one another. And that is the model, that in the kingdom of God, we don't have these leaders that lord themselves over others. We have leaders who sacrifice themselves, spend themselves for the sake of the kingdom of God, spend themselves in the way that they lay down their lives for others. The work of washing feet was the work of a servant in the house. It was not something that was dignified in any manner at all. And many times we think that, no, I'm a servant leader, but the kind of dignity that we carry ourselves with is almost as if if someone treats us like a servant, we'll react in a very, very despicable way because we don't really deem ourselves to be servants. But in the kingdom of God, we must understand that Jesus set this example to show that this is not just a theoretical element. He actually washed the feet of the disciples. He actually laid down his life in order for us to follow in that same example to lay down our lives.
So we should be, firstly, secure like Jesus was if we want to be leaders in the kingdom of God, in the church specifically. We should be sacrificial like Jesus was if we want to be leaders. And we should serve like Jesus did. Not expecting anything as a result of who he was. Serving. It's not just a stepping stone to greatness. It is greatness itself. Now today we're having a special recognition for certain leaders that are going to take the role of a deacon. We'll start with the deacons. And the deacons are under the authority and supervision of the elders. They are quote-unquote, servants in the house of the Lord. That's what diakonos means. It means servant. In the early church, in the book of Acts, there was a dispute about the, the food distribution that was going more to the Jewish widows than to the Hellenistic or to the Greek widows. And there was a dispute that came up. The apostles said, look, we cannot devote ourselves to, to waiting on tables if we have a responsibility towards the word of God. So choose among yourselves those who are full of the Spirit, those who are going to um, uh, um, have wisdom, those who have wisdom and full of the Spirit, and they will handle this situation. One of them was actually Stephen, a man full of miracle signs and wonders, powerful, who was going to be a deacon serving. And so today, we're recognizing first and foremost the deacon who, is going to, uh, who are going to oversee the marriage ministry, and the marriage ministry pertains to everything from uh, marriage uh, counseling through to premarital, etc., under the supervision of Pastor Hilma. And uh, these are going to be Vernon and Elaine, and the ones who will be assisting them are going to be Erkenwald and Rita. Uh, these two couples uh, are seized and recognized by the leadership with a special grace in order to fulfill this ministry, and we're excited for how God is going to use them. So right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for Vernon, and we thank you, Lord, for Elaine. We thank you, Father, for their faithfulness in the house of the Lord. Same with Erkenwald and Rita, Lord. Their faithfulness in the house of the Lord. Their faithfulness in, in being involved with the Connect groups. Their faithfulness in serving, Lord God. And we pray a special grace to come upon them, Father, to fulfill this ministry, Father God, that you are calling them into in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the service, we will be praying for them, laying hands on them as well. The next ministry that will also be having an overseeing uh, deacon will be the men's ministry. And that will be headed over by um, Chivi. And Chivi is one of our Connect Group leaders, also passionate about the men's ministry. And uh, previously, the men's ministry was being uh, supervised by Elder Godfrey. And he is now handing that to, to Chivi Ngurura, and uh, we are so excited for what God's going to do. We are so thankful for what Elder Godfrey has been accomplishing in the past years. So really, really excited. Father, we pray for Chivi. We thank you, Lord, for his family. We pray for his character. We pray for his heart. We pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will enable him to fulfill this ministry that you are calling him to in Jesus' name. Amen. And the next ministry that we're also recognizing a deacon in is the REACH and Missions uh, Coordination, the REACH and Missions Ministry, which is going to be involved in coordinating all our various outreaches and, and missions in relation to the various church plants that we have 
throughout the country and also coordinating the administration of our REACH office. We'll speak a little bit more about that. You've already heard about the mission that we had to Swakopmund, which was such a blessing, and that is Neil Toy. He has been uh, a son in this house for a long time, uh, serving in various capacities, and we're excited for what God is doing with him in this season. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now for Neil. We thank you, Lord, that you are recognizing and imparting fresh grace, Lord, over him and the reach and missions department, and that we'll see amazing fruit because of your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So these are deacons. Just now we will go into the scriptures to explain a little bit more concerning what the word says about them. The next element is going to be pastors, and uh, we only have one individual right now in this segment that we are recognizing. This person has been serving in a capacity that many have already begun to call him pastor. The pastor is a shepherd. He's going to be one of the pastors under, under the, the supervision of the senior pastor within the congregation of the Dorado uh, congregation, and it is a wonderful blessing. This person is Philip Camp. He also will be um, overseeing and anchoring our evening service, and he currently oversees our discipleship ministry as well and coordinates our discipleship throughout our, uh, throughout our church. And so, Father, we thank you for Philip. We thank you for how you've opened a way for him to come and be a part of what you're doing in this house and in this nation. We thank you, Lord, for the mighty exploits that are going to come forth as he's released into this mantle, into this grace, into this office of the pastor. Lord, we thank you for your mighty blessing upon him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And then we've got the next element, which is the elders. And under the elders, we will also speak and teach just now concerning that. But one thing that is so critical and important is that the elders are the overseers concerning the ministry. And uh, in this segment, we don't have new elders yet. We are in the process of working on that. But we do have two of our elders that are in a different season in their lives, and they would like to be released and transition into a different uh, area in light with what God and the Holy Spirit is doing in their lives and in their families. The first one is Elder Richard Kamkwenjanje. He's been an elder for many, many years in this church, serving faithfully, and um, he's uh, recently had uh, a few transitions in his life concerning responsibilities, and he really requested to be released in order to be able to focus on those. And so we're very, very blessed and thankful for Elder Richard. Um, in the service, we'll be blessing them with a gift of some kind, but we, we, we are going to, to pray just now for, for the next phase. Elder Richard is going to be much more involved in reach and missions as well and church planting. And then we've also got Pastor Hilma Muller, who is also transitioning from being an elder in light of the current uh, season that she is in. And uh, Pastor Hilma has played a significant role in the Dorado congregation, as well as uh, played the role of congregational 
pastor in the past. She will be transitioning over and she's still a pastor. She will, she'll be focusing on the pastoral ministries, overseeing the marriage ministries as well. And then uh, she will also be focused as our training director, all the various trainings that we're doing in order to raise leaders for our church planting initiatives, our coordination with our training that's coming from our Southern African apostolic leaders. And so she's going to be playing that critical role there. We will now um, uh, uh, take our time to just go to the next segment where Pastor Hilma will share a short message uh, just from her heart, and then we will pray for the both of them. Good morning, church. It's so great to be with you this morning, and I hope that you're doing well wherever you may find yourself this morning. Um, I just really want to take this time to communicate some very, very important news of changes that God is doing in my life um, that may have an implication on, on the church, but I really believe it's a positive implication. Well, for those who've been around for quite some time, you'll probably know that I've been serving as an elder in, in this church since 2011. <laughs> and for those who haven't been around, well, newsflash. <laughs> but um, I've been serving as an elder for about 11 years now, and I remember starting off in 2011 while I was a single lady um, serving on the campuses as a campus pastor. And I couldn't have imagined a more greater joy or a greater way to serve our Lord in than being invited to be part of the church eldership and be a part of decision making and governance. It was really such an honor being so young and, uh, and, and really seeing God open this door and um, seeing my leaders recognize the gift of governance that God has placed on my life. And it's really been amazing. I've enjoyed every moment of it with its ups and its downs. And it's taught me so much about church. It's taught me so much about leadership. It, it really taught me a lot, um, even about prayer. Um, but I've seen that my love and my joy has always been working um, with people. And I really couldn't imagine a greater, a greater um, way to serve in the church. At the same time, for about five to six years, I've also been um, heading up the Dorado congregation. And it's also been such a joy and really such an honor serving in this capacity. But in the past year, I've really been sensing the Lord... Um, uh, doing something new in my life, just bringing a shift. And especially last year when I went on sabbatical, I really sensed him asking him to, um, I mean, asking me to make room in my life for some new things that he wants to do. So in, in essence, um, this message is really sharing about the fact that I will be stepping down from church eldership. Um, I will no longer be serving as an elder um, in the Every Nation Vintuk Dorado context. And at the same time, I'll also not be congregational pastor anymore. And I really believe um, in this season, God is calling me out into um, a different role, calling me out into doing new things that he's initiating in my heart. I will still be part of the church. I'll still be a pastor in the church. I'll still be serving in whatever capacity I need to, and especially focusing on pastoral ministry and trainings, 
which is my heart and my passion. But I really believe that God wants me to be a lot more focused in my role so that I can make room for new things that he wants to do in and through me. And also at the same time, to pay a lot more attention as well to my home and spend more time with family as well. So it's been a great journey just looking at where the Lord has brought me from, you know, in, in the area of eldership and leading a congregation, starting off as a single woman and here 10 years later being married with family. And um, I've really just learned that um, every season is so special. And, and when God initiates change, it's really, really important for us to, to get to the program and follow what he's doing. And so that is exactly what I've uh, set my heart on doing in this season. Um, I'm really excited about what God is going to do. I'm excited for what he's doing in the church and, um, and how he's shifting things around. And I'm excited for what he's going to be doing in my life in the next season. And so grateful, just so really grateful for the opportunities that have been afforded me up to now. Um, um, and so I really want to thank the, my fellow elders or previous fellow elders that have been working with me. And it's just been so great being part of the team. <laughs> um, I want to thank our regional leaders as well for recognizing what God is doing in my life, um, for ordaining me and and really being there to support and guide. I also want to thank you as the church members for receiving me with open hearts and really not making it a burden for me to lead in these areas in any way, but allowing God to stretch me and to grow me as I navigated through various aspects of church leadership and, and encountering different people and, and, and different things that they were going through. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really been a joy, and I'm really, really grateful for that. But I'm looking forward to what God is doing in the next season. And I just want to end with a scripture, Ephesians 3, verse 20, which reads, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church, and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I love the scripture because it speaks about the fact that God is able to do greater than what we could ever imagine. And sometimes when we start, we don't know where God is taking us. But as long as we are faithful and as long as we're obedient, he will blow our minds. And he will, he will really blow our minds. So I just want to say that it's such a joy serving the Lord. We don't hold on to titles. We don't hold on to positions. We allow God to guide and to lead us as he sees fit. And as we do that, we will see his glory being displayed through our lives and his kingdom being extended according to his will and his purposes. So God bless you and have an awesome, awesome day. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, Pastor Helma. We so appreciate your heart. We so appreciate all the, the labor that you have done. The Word of God says that God is not unjust to forget your labor of love um, in that you have ministered unto the saints of God. And we recognize so many leaders in our church that have been impacted 
by your ministry. As much as Pastor Hilma is transitioning as an elder, from being an elder, uh, she will still be involved in full-time ministry. She's still part of the staff team. And so, yeah, continue to, to pray for her and bless her. I just want to pray for Elder Richard and, and Elder uh, Hilma as they transition. Our Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that times and seasons are in your hand, Lord. And we thank you that you are leading uh, Richard and Hilma, Father God, as they transition into the next phase, Lord, of what you have for them. I thank you, Lord, that you will multiply your wisdom, you multiply your grace upon them, that they will experience such a great grace, Lord, as they transition to the next phase of what you have for them. We pray for their families. We pray and thank you, Lord, that they will be, be full, full, full of your wisdom, Lord, as they navigate the next season. We pray also for Jackie, Father God, who was uh, joining her husband, uh, Richard, as, as elders, Together, we thank you and we release them, Father God. We thank you for Jackie and for the support and the wisdom that she brought to the team. And we release them in the season uh, into what you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen. So Richard and Jackie, who are a couple, who are a couple they were serving in, in that joint capacity. And so they are both released. Thank you very much. Awesome. So we are now going to take a few moments and just go into some detail concerning how exactly spiritual family leadership works in our context. And I'm going to be running through quite quickly. We do this in more detail when we do spiritual family uh, uh, course or training for those people who are new visiting our church or those people who haven't I understood those things yet. And so um, with that, I, I'm not going to go in too much detail, but just give you really the outlines of, 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 of the fundamentals. First and foremost, in our church, who leads? And this is a principle that is throughout our every nation churches, especially in our southern African region. So if you come into any of the other every nation churches, generally, this will be the same model. Number one, who leads? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the chief shepherd in this church. It's not Pastor Chris, it's not Pastor Roger, it's not Pastor Steve Morrow, it's Jesus Christ. He is the chief shepherd. Number two, the scriptures are the final authority in this house, in this family. And so we, as leaders, follow the scriptural uh, guide. We don't follow the cultural trends of the day. We don't follow the government's edicts. We don't follow the direction of the popular tithers in the church. We don't follow the, those who are prominent in society. We don't follow anyone else. We follow the scriptures. And that is our final authority. Number three, who leads? Apostolic and translocal leadership. So we are part of a global movement of churches, and the Namibian churches are under a cluster which is overseen by myself as cluster head under the Namibian churches, but the, the Namibian cluster submits itself to the Southern African apostolic leadership under the leadership of Pastor Roger Pierce. 
And he's been wonderful in the way that he has led the Southern African churches. And we'll go into the details of what that apostolic leadership uh, brings to us as well. So we don't just have a very uh, sort of isolated lead in the sense that if something goes wrong in our context or if there's anything that is unbiblical, there is a place of appeal in approaching the apostolic leadership in the region. And then we've got, under that, we've got the eldership. The eldership currently made up of myself, as well as Elder Godfrey, as well as Elder Nelson. Our spouses play a supportive role with regards to that eldership role, and we are in the process of actually bringing new elders on board, and we'll have a special service for that as well. Under the elders, we have the pastors and we have the deacons, and some of the pastors could also be elders, but we've got the pastors who are under shepherds and they basically uh, take care of the flock. And then we've got the deacons who are in charge of various sub-ministries under the pastoral ministries and they serve and minister in that way. Many of them are ministry leaders. And then number, number six is the priesthood of all believers. We don't believe that there is a segregation, a separation between the, 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 the clergy and the laity, the clergy being the people who are in ministry and then those who are not in ministry. In fact, for me, I happen to be operating in ministry, but I'm also, if you see me in the marketplace, you will not know that I'm, I'm in the ministry as well. And that's something someone just, just called the office the other day asking for Pastor Chris <laughs> at NetBank. And, well, that's who we are. <laughs> we can't run away from that. But it's just to encourage each one of us that we are are all called as priests and kings unto God. Your, your way to God is not through the pastor, is not through your connect leader. Your way to God is not through the apostolic leaders. We don't have a pope, you, we don't have priests. Right here, every one of us are priests. Some are just called into certain offices for the purpose that God and the function that God wants to release in them, but all of them are equally recognized before God. So my prayers are as powerful as your prayers. You might actually at times pray with more faith and see answers to prayer. So we want to make sure that we understand that there is no hierarchy that keeps us from Christ. The only name that gives us access to God in this place, in this spiritual family, is the Lord Jesus Christ. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of you can use that name. All right, next one is, uh, we're going to find out now, what are the qualifications of an elder? And this is an important one, especially for those of you who desire to be elders in the future. You believe that there's a calling on your life to become an elder. These are going to be very important qualifications for you to have, as well as the current elders that we have. These are qualifications that we will have to uh, match them by and actually see how well they are doing in this areas. So I'm reading from 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. And he says, here is a trustworthy saying, if anyone sets his heart on being an overseer or an elder, he desires a noble task. Now the overseer must be above reproach, meaning free from any accusations. And then the husband of but one wife, no polygamist, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, 
able to teach, not given to drunkenness in terms of alcoholism, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, and not a lover of money. And then I'm also reading the scripture from Titus chapter 1 verse 5. These are the the scriptures that relate to to elders as well. And um, it says, the reason I left you, speaking to Paul speaking to Titus, the reason I left you in Crete was that you might straighten out what was left unfinished and appoint leaders in every town or elders in every town as I directed you. Then he says, an elder must be blameless. You mean above reproach. The husband of but one wife. There it is again. Why? Because it's representing Christ and the bride. And then a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. And since an, over, since an overseer or uh, elder is entrusted with God's work, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, there it is again, the alcoholism, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refuse those uh, or refute those who oppose it. And so it's very important, you might look around in our congregation and you'll see men who, who are like this, people who have these qualities, and these are the qualifications. So obviously there are the moral qualifications, being above reproach, temperate or self-controlled, not given to much wine, not a lover of money, not pursuing dishonest gain, holy and blameless and upright. Then there are the relational qualifications, good reputation, not overbearing or controlling, not violent, not quarrelsome, not quick-tempered, gentle and respectable. And then family qualifications, one wife, only one, well-managed family, obedient children, believing children and hospitable. And then spiritual qualifications, able to teach not a recent convert, very important. And recent can sometimes be three, four years. You know, the person needs to be in the Lord for, for a while, showing fruit. Then sound doctrine, having sound doctrine, disciplined, and a disciple maker. So it's very important for us to understand that there are aspects to this which relates to one There's a divine call, so God is calling a person into the ministry of an elder or a bishop or an overseer. And then there is the internal, which is the human appointment, which we do in recognizing these qualities. So God working together with leadership. The apostle Paul and Barnabas were set apart after the the apostles were ministering unto the Lord in fasting and prayer. He said, set apart for me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work that I have for them. And so this is what leaders do. Now, uh, maybe the question that you've always had, okay, what's the responsibility of elders? What are they expected to do? I'm going to run through these. There are scriptural references that you can go through in the connect groups. Number one, They are called to be watchmen. 
people who are watching over the flock. The scripture speaks along those lines. Keep watch, keep watch. And sometimes uh, people in the congregation feel like, why are the elders always up in my business? Why do they want to ask me questions? Why are they always asking me if I'm fine? Why are they always asking if my family is doing well? If my workplace, and this is their responsibility. And sometimes they can't do that for everyone, so they create a a network of small groups with leaders who have delegated authority to ask the questions and to inquire as to your health. It is important. When you go to the doctor and the doctor asks you questions, you you don't frown and say, oh, how can you ask me such invasive questions? You are there so that they can diagnose what the issue is and apply the correct remedy. And that's why it is so important, the next things that we'll speak about, how we relate to our elders, that the elders have this responsibility. But many times it's difficult to discharge it when people are not willing to open their hearts to the influence and the watching of the elders. And the word of God places a requirement to say that we are to watch and warn the the flock because otherwise we will give an account for what happens in their lives. Uh, And if we did not warn when we should have warned, that blood will be on our hands. Very important. Number one, elders must watch. Number two, elders ought to pray. One of the key, key responsibilities of an elder, of an overseer, of a bishop is praying. Praying is not just spending time asking God things. It is intercession. It is standing in the gap. It is making, making petitions on behalf of others. It is protective. It is really allowing heaven to invade the lives of others and the church through the intercession and the prayer. Very, very important. The apostle said we can't neglect prayer and the word by uh, being involved with all sorts of other things. If, if elders do anything, they should be praying. Number three, feeding. Feeding the sheep. Uh, how does this happen? It happens by teaching the word and by preaching the word and by using the word, like, like Timothy says, in admonishing, correcting, exhorting, and all of that, encouraging, uh, using the word of God to feed the flock. It is a primary responsibility. It is work. It is labor. Every week, as elders, we are laboring, and some elders are more focused in that responsibility, as would be myself and others who teach. Very important important responsibility. Why? Because without the feeding of the word of God, the flock of God will not be strong enough to discharge the mission that God has for us as well. And that's why it is important that we create opportunity for the leaders and the elders to have that time, have that focus in order to minister in that way. Then the next thing that elders do is they lead. They are to be shepherds over the flock. 1 Peter chapter 5 speaks of this. Shepherds over the flock, they are to lead, show the direction, show by example, direct the flock. And most people find it strange when, when a, a church leadership wants to lead them. And this will not only be restricted to church programs and missions and how we disciple and, and uh, things relating to spiritual, um, spiritual maturity, but many times they will give you wisdom in your own personal life leading you so that you are not without a shepherd in your life. So that you're not just Googling everything. 
Uh, Google can be your pastor, but you have someone who's flesh and blood who can pray for you. Then the next, the last one, number, number five is equip. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 says that God has raised the apostles, the teachers, the prophets, the pastors, the evangelists to equip the saints to perfect the saints, meaning to give them what they need so that they can be mature or perfected and become ministers. Why? Because the ministry will not be done by the, by the leaders. It will be done by those that they equip. Hallelujah. So maybe that's a way that, that both elders currently and the congregation, we, we must have this expectation there. When it comes to the apostolic leadership that I just spoke about, Pastor Roger, and even my role together with some of the citywide elders in overseeing other congregations, these are some of the aspects that we are responsible for, about eight points. First of all, we will establish new churches. We will strengthen established churches. We will develop new leaders. We will ordain leaders and elders. We will mediate in local leadership, meaning if there's something going wrong in a certain congregation, we'll come in and intervene and manage that. And then we will also do emergency covering if, if there's a leader that has a situation, needs to step down for, for, for a season out of ministry or, or an overseer of a church, then we will step in and delegate that responsibility or uh, discharge that responsibility while that leader is recovering. And then... Number seven, maintaining doctrinal purity is the responsibility of apostolic leadership and elders as well to watch the doctrine of what is taught and preached and any heresies and lying doctrines, demonic doctrines that might want to come in and distort the gospel, which, which is dangerous. That distortion is so dangerous, the Apostle Paul issues curses out to people who preach another gospel other than the, the gospel, which is by grace through faith. And then, uh, number eight, maintaining the every nation vision and the values so that we're all moving consistent with God's vision for our church. Now, lastly, we're going to touch a little bit concerning what is your responsibility as a member of the church. I know that there are some of you, you've been visiting us for 25 years. It's time now for you to finally become a covenant member. And what we mean by covenant member is someone that feels very strongly led by the Spirit, knowing that God has added me to this spiritual family. And uh, we want to encourage you. There is a program that we do called Spiritual Family where we explain this in detail, lay out the expectations and all of that because the church of God is also supposed to guard who is part of those who are trusted as being part of the community and covenant members of the church. Why? Because if we allow someone in as a covenant member and they're serving and they do something wrong, that person will be willing to follow, to fall under the discipline of the church, the correction of the church. But if they're just a visitor, they can just say, no, who are you? I've never chosen to submit to your leadership. If, you, if, if the wife is beating the husband or the husband is beating the wife or there's some abuse somewhere, we we can intervene with such people, but others not really. So what's the expectation from you as members, as family in this church? First of all, respect your leaders. 
1 Thessalonians 5 verse 12. Respect them, hold them in high regard. We are in a generation that doesn't even respect their own mom and dad, let alone the pastor around the corner. And there's so much defamation of spiritual leaders going on social media platforms. And it's a demonic spirit that is producing this. And it's an attack against the officers of the church. As much as there is a lot to be said concerning the responsibility of leaders in maintaining the integrity and the, and the, the image of these officers. So respect, please respect in the way that you speak, in the way that you think of them. God sees your heart. And I want to tell you, the, 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 the leadership that you respect is the leadership that can make an impact in your life. Those whom you have no respect for can never impact you positively. Even Jesus in his hometown, he had not as much respect and he couldn't do the miracles that God wanted to do in that city because of the limitations. Number two, imitate their way of life and faith. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 7, follow their way of life. Don't just listen to the messages and it's like, nah, nice idea. Follow, imitate their way of life and faith. Number Three, honor them. First Timothy 5 verse 17 says that the elders who, who, who rule well are worthy of double honor. And it's speaking about financial reward as well. So really hold them in high regard, honor. Uh, he who honors a prophet receives the, the, the reward of a prophet. So there's many benefits to that. Number four, submission. Ooh, the S word. Hebrews chapter 13 Verse 17, most people have never ever been corrected by their pastor. And when they do, many leave the church because they don't understand that it should be coming from a heart that cares more about them. And so it's really something that requires a lot of trust, which is number five. Number five, trust your leaders. Do not entertain an accusation against a leader except with two or three eyewitnesses. Otherwise, walk out of that conversation. That's what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 19. A, a, a leader is innocent until proven guilty at the word of two or three eyewitnesses. And then number six, pray for them, pray for us. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 25. So this is really the gist of what we want to share today. Because the word of God gives us direction concerning how the house of God is to be is to be organized, is to be led, is to be governed. And, you know, we might have opinions to say that, no, but this is a new era. The, the time of the Bible was an old time. God's wisdom is for now. And the way that he has us leading this is for the best of the kingdom of God and the people of God. And we are excited about what God is doing in our midst. We really just want to honor God and thank you, Lord, for what you are doing. So let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you that amazing things are happening in our midst. We thank you, Lord, that from today, there's a dynamic shift, a moving forward, a momentum that is being gained as we transition, as we set in new leaders, as we transition others. We thank you, Lord, that it's only by your wisdom and grace. Continue, Father, to stir up your people in the godly way that you've called them for. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful, wonderful, blessed week, and we will see you soon. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.